good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 301 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Friday, the 31st of July, uh, <coughs> 2020, at uh, 15.58, 100 hours, PM, Pacific Coast, Left Coast, time, you know, like 358 Uh Crack Engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That is the one suggestion I will follow today. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Good. So, let's get straight to our top stories. We have no time to dawdle this week. Uh, so this is episode 301 and I don't feel much better about you know the world than I did last week for our 300th episode so I'm still not in the mood for like a celebration um but what I am in the mood for is to tell you the 101 best games available for the GNU slash Linux operating system that we all know and love this does bump our review of the excellent game The Messenger uh we'll, we'll run that next week uh, but I want to 
I want to do this now. The other reason why I wanted to not do it on episode 300 was episode 301 means one more than 300, which means we didn't stop doing the show at episode 300. <laughs> so let's get straight to our new and noteworthy based on with it, Ivor, and I will t- I will explain the criteria when we get to our feature based on with the new and noteworthy because we have two titles there as well. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. First, our new and noteworthy came out uh, yesterday. Uh, it's called Hellpoint, H-E-L-L-P-O-I-N-T. Uh, and friend of the show, uh, well, former friend of the show, I guess, Garf, who uh, for some reason is having security issues. He tried to gift this game to me, and then he quit the Discord and quit Steam. Uh, or at least blocked me. I don't know. Um, he said that he was having some security problems. I don't know what the fuck that means, but anyway. Um, I hope he returns one day. But he tried to gift it to me, and I couldn't accept it because it's a brand new game, full price, and if I do end up buying it, I can actually... Anyway, it gets complicated. Anyway, bottom line is this. Hellpoint, which has evidently been highly anticipated, it's come out to somewhat mixed reviews, uh, it seems like it's, you know, like a $40 game. It is a uh, demi-isometric... No, 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 I'm sorry, not demi-isometric. It's a third-person uh, Souls-like, and I hate that expression because everyone just calls every game Souls-like now, but this game is from what, from what I have read and from what I have seen, it looks exactly like Dark Souls but in outer space meets Doom. So it's like a space station gets corrupted by forces of hell and I don't know who you are, but there's like technology and like Arcana and you know, blah blah blah. Mystery and horror. That's the other reason why I didn't want to accept uh, accept it from Garf. Um, it looks like it could be fairly scary. Like I said, the reviews have been mixed, but it's been hotly anticipated. It has a lot of good critical buzz surrounding it. So, just doing a little checking here. And yeah, it, okay, so now the reviews are mostly positive. Only 225 uh, reviews, though. It's a small sample size, but the game came out yesterday, so it's brand new. I don't know if I'm going to get it. Um, if the critical, you know, if, if the, the Steam reviews get outrageously better, or if, you know, people tell me, I must play this, then I might consider it more, but it's a lot of money for a game that I'm probably not gonna play. Uh, oh, let's see what the the official critical reviews... Wow. Doesn't look like they're from great sources, but anyway. Like, let's see, uh, Game Skinny, WCCF Tech, and Tech Raptor. Anyway... Came out yesterday, 35 bucks. That's Hellpoint. Uh, Souls in Outer Space. Our other game this week, I did want to talk about Gunfire Reborn, but whatever. We'll push that off till next week because we got a lot of other games to talk about. Also new and noteworthy this week, a game that I did buy and that I have played and that I have no fucking idea whoa, it is crazy. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I hate it. I do know it's insane, though. It's called Fight 
Crab. Got me? Fight Crab. Fight Crab is... Well, here's what I, here's what I said uh, about it on the Discord. Makes me think of what would happen if Crazy Taxi, Virtual Fighter, and Katamari Damashi had balls out Godzilla War, had a gods had a balls out got angry Godzilla War, angry baby in a crustacean puppet theater of madness. Fight Crab is exactly does exactly what it says on the tin. In it, you play a crab. You have full control over both of your claws and your crab arms. And you'll never believe this, but you fight other crabs. In this, it's a really, really fucking insane game. Check out the show blurb for this week. Uh, and it'll be our video of the week, I think. Um, because it's, you're not going to see, uh, 90 seconds of video outside of the Trump administration that is as insane as the official gameplay trailer for Fight Crab. Now, I have some problems with this game. This is not a review. This is just a new and noteworthy spot. But, um, you have to have a light touch on the controller in order to really manage the fucking madness. But in particular, the camera is very finicky and can frequently... It's not like it gets, you know, caught up on a on a geometry or anything, it just you have to control the camera the direction you're moving both of your arms whether or not you're blocking and whether or not you're punching all with just very limited controls and so and also which way you're turning and so the camera can be turning in another way than the way you are turning it took some getting used to. I don't know if I like this game. I do know it is one of the craziest games I've played this year. It does not involve porn. So that's Fight Crab. Oh, and Fight Crab is... Oh, fuck you, Ivor. You're fired! Fight Crab is $17.99 at full price. Build itself as Welcome to Fight Crab. By the way, we, we've already broken the first rule of Fight Crab, which is not to talk about Fight Crab, but literally... Anything goes in this game, by the way. Like, um, the last level that I unlocked, uh, is you fighting all of these crabs on, like, a traditional Chinese restaurant table. And that's where the Katamari Damashi kind of elements come in because anything that gets near your crabby appendages can be picked up and used as a weapon. And a weapon is always better than fighting with your claws um, also one thing I do like about the game though and, and and so they play with senses of scale and surrealism you know like fighting with broadswords in the middle of a fucking American street like in a downtown LA kind of you know blah and you're pulling up palm trees and using with one arm and using cars to smash your opponent's face in with the other um, there's chain whips there's lightsabers it just gets fucking nuts really really, 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 really fast. Um, I don't know that if it's possible to actually control your crab uh, in a super accurate fashion, but I will be experimenting with that later on this weekend. So that's Fight Crab. Uh, you gotta see the video, though. The video is 90 seconds. You will not regret. 
Um, okay, cool. So that's all the old business. Now, Ivor, based on with the feature, you're fired, Ivor. You're fucking 301st fucking time you're fired. Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Spooky. The Libyans! Alright, so, this is our feature for our 301st episode. Uh, I mean, if I had ever known that we would ever, you know, whatever. But it got me to thinking. Got me to thinking. I have... So, unlike other... Yeah, okay, so I have 1,748 games almost all of which I have played and all of which run are Linux games, theoretically. So that's, you know, a lot of games over six years, which I think, like, we're into our seventh year already, though. Or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I started thinking for our 300th episode. That gives us a sample size and an, ex- you know, a quote-unquote, expertise, or like an informed critical perspective at least that's limited, of course, by those 1,748 games, but that's, you know, literally 1,720 more games than were available for Linux before Steam and uh, you know, easily 700 more games than were available uh, until Proton came around. Anyway, the point is this. So let's say we have 1,007... Let's say we have 2,000 games, because it's closer to 2,000 than it is to 1,500, so we'll split the difference, and we'll go up, because it's easier to average. So, 2,000 games, okay? We'll just say it's 2,000... Whatever. It's 1,748, but... We'll say it's 2,000, because it's easier on my head for the math. That means that if we took and it's over six years, too. So that means if we took only the top quarter of those games, the best that would still be the best 500 games available for Linux, at least in terms of my library, and at least in terms of the time that I've been running the show. 500 games is a lot, and that's just the top you know, 25%. But we're not about the top 25%. We're not about the top fucking, no, we are the best Linux games podcast. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun, and wouldn't it be fair to do the top 300 alright so 300 is like I just had my echo tell me, it's like 17 18, 17 and a half percent of that, that is a lot. that would be a lot of really good games the top 300 and that would be about 20% so that's roughly a quarter of the actual number that we have that, that you know I have in my library but no. We want something more hardcore. I just asked the Echo 
100 is roughly 5% of 1,748. So, that seems, if you're going for like a quality benchmark, the top 100 puts you in the top 5 percentile in terms of this library. Now, there are a couple of rules that I set for myself when I started picking this list uh, two weeks ago in preparation for the 300th episode. I didn't want to focus on retro games because otherwise it opens up everything to everything. Two, I also want to be able to focus, not focus, but to include um, major emulators. And by each one of those major emulators or projects or in one case uh, an actual uh, compiler that open up you know broad ranges of games you know essential Linux technology three the other thing that I wanted to focus on was to keep it focused on stuff that you can get through Steam four I wanted I did my damnedest to include at least one type of every fucking game other than porn in this list but I assembled the original list without fear or favor towards any specific genre. However, my own tastes and preferences by virtue of the fact that I I did this exclusively from my own Steam library, there are games and franchises that are omitted uh, either by virtue of the fact that I don't play those type of games, like there's not a puzzle game on here, I don't think, because I hate puzzle games. There are no tower defense games on here, because I hate tower defense games on here. And there are no real scary games on here, because I absolutely fucking hate any scary game. Uh, there are some games that have been omitted that would have been on this list nine months ago, but had to be dropped from the list uh, because they no longer work. Not all of the games have been tested recently, but m- almost all of them have. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I spent this is like the third week that I've been working on this list. Now, and and the the nice thing about uh, not being, you know, I tried to avoid any retro game, like meaning a game that did not come out or was not made available during the time that we've been doing all 300 episodes of this fucking podcast. Because otherwise, like, you end up with stuff like, um, you end up with crazy old stuff, and it, it opens up. Uh, it, it's like a, it's like it's like opening up a giant chasm of a death wish for me in terms of an organizational challenge. It would just be impossible because there's so many fucking titles, and then all of a sudden you have to include everything that's in Mame, everything that's in Lutris, everything that's in you know blah 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 blah. I try. You'll you'll find many old favorites, many of the repeating motifs of our reviews over the last six years uh, in this list Um, and I am pleased with that Um, and the other final stipulation for this list oh there's also uh, a a good complement of VR games because I I figured 5% of 100% would be okay for VR because there has to be some VR games because I love VR although mine hasn't been up and running in at least a month mm. just because I haven't had the time uh, to set it up again 
if there's any game on in this list that you object to being on this list that you think that you have a better suggestion for direct message me the that game in Twitter, I'm not in Twitter. Uh, well, you can do it via DM on the Twitter at Vegas Writer, V E G A S W R I T E R, or just join us on the Discord and send me a personal message after you join. Just you know, tell me the name of the tell me the name of the game that you object to, and the name of the game that you wish would replace that game. They don't have to be the same types of games or anything, but. Uh, this list cannot be added to without something being subtracted. And uh, I'll get back to you, and then next week we'll have, you know, if I get enough feedback, we'll uh, do an amended, you know, I'll, I'll update, you know, what got knocked off the list, or what, and or why, you know, whatever suggestion didn't, I felt didn't make it. You know what I mean? The other thing is, by virtue of keeping it fair, this because it's a hundred games. You have any idea how long it takes to fucking assemble a list of hundred best games that are available for Linux out of almost two thousand fucking games in your library that you've played over the last six years as you turn forty and you're getting fucking old. It's 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 a big fucking editorial task. If we were the New York Times or if we were um you know like a paper record or something like that we would have had fucking five interns doing this for the last two months and they would have been arguing it and they would have been reviewing it in front of a producer you know either myself or Ivor Molina who no longer works here uh, clean out your fucking desk Ivor he's got his spare eyeballs in there since he became zombified it's really weird um but this is one man so <coughs> in me being meaning me who's assembled this list. So in order to keep it more fair to each individual listing, because this is already such an elite list, we're talking about 5%. Like, the top 5% of anything is the best of anything, in general. You know, like, top 5% of your class, like, generally, unless you're Donald Trump, and he didn't get anywhere near that and he bought his way through anyway it's it's already an extremely hardcore list it's a difficult list to get on so in order to be fair to each individual title and we're not going to talk too much about each individual game i'm not going to give you links or prices i'm just going to you know kind of muscle through this at a uh at a medium pace as adam sandler might say jesus i haven't heard that in forever I've randomized the order of the titles. The order in which the titles are going to be presented to you. So without further ado, and the immortal words of Raul Julia as Mac the Knife, let's do it. So, first off, Mad Max uh, one of my favorite games of all time, the Feral uh, Interactive port of this game, which uh, was one of the first games I truly fell in love with on Linux. It's one of the best-looking games ever made. I think it's at number three on my list for best-looking game ever made. Combines unique uh, car combat mechanics, 
uh, and a fascinating story that delves deep into into Max's twisted, fucked up soul, and conveniently ignores the first atrocious movie and makes all of the other movies so much better. Uh, and it has Chum Bucket, um, with, uh, the best skyboxes I've ever seen. Mad Max. There you go. That's number one. Number two, Strike Suit Zero. Strike Suit Zero. One of the most interesting uh, space shooters I've ever played. And just when you thought that it couldn't get any cooler, uh, oh, I could transform into a giant fucking robot! Uh, still looks great. Um, that's Strike Suit Zero. Starbound. One of the most magnificent games I've ever played. It is in a pantheon with several other major, major landmark titles uh, in the history of video games that have made this list. But Starbound is uh, unique and notable for uh, especially Starbound with uh, Fracken Universe uh, becomes an endless panoply of hundreds of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of items and skills, and resources, science, um, all in a side-scrolling uh, procedurally generated uh, universe filled with procedurally generated planets and uh, with a decent story but Fracken, Fracken Universe makes it so much better because then you have to build a fucking lab uh, and it adds easily 100 hours to the game uh, easily I'd say 40 hours but if you want to explore every type of planet you can find they are uniquely combined in a programmatic in a programmatic fashion so they're not just randomly generated they're randomly generated with everything randomly generated on the randomly generated with the random number it's like you end up like with planets that are made out of dark matter and shit uh that have fire in the sky constantly uh that are populated by a species that shouldn't be there etc 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 um it's also great because you can run a server easily for it using uh, a steam command um you know, just get a. Although you know, it, it is kind of resource intensive, but a two-player server isn't that difficult to run on a digital ocean. Droplet, one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Starbound. Uh, number four, one of the games that I I we needed a strategy game of some sort because I don't really play strategy games, but I know that. But I have some strategy games that I've played over the six years that we've been doing this podcast. Uh one of them that is absolutely one of the best strategy games you'll ever play, is Sid Meier's Civilization 5. I didn't like 6 as much as I liked 5. 5, I think, might be the best uh, Sid Meier's Civilization game that I've ever played. Um, yeah, there you go. Number 5. Uh, and By the way, these numbers do not indicate their position in any ordered list. They are just there. Because I can't have like a list without having numbers, because otherwise I'll get lost. So five. It, it, what I'm saying is, one number doesn't indicate primacy, or um, qualitatively doesn't indicate primacy or subordination uh, to any other item on the list. Number five, Factorio, an endless time sink of unbelievable fucking awesomeness, engineering, design, programming. Uh, all mixed up into a delicious two-dimensional potentially multiplayer, you can run a multiplayer server for it um, time sink of endless optimization, you must refactor and optimize uh, it's one of the few games that really takes uh, programming concepts uh, and abstracts them out enough so that I hate games where 
like you know the Z- entire Zactronic field of games is all about like fucking you know logic puzzles that are fundamental to programming one archaic or not so archaic system or another I don't need to do that that's what I you know used to well I almost said used to do anyway COVID times have been hard Factorio is the opposite of that even knowing what you're doing you can lose 12 hours of your life just fucking booting this game up one second give it a chance it won't melt your brain um that's Factorio number six Insurgency fan bloody tastic uh detail oriented uh first person tactical combat uh multiplayer team based um shooter first person shooter uh yeah can't really say much more than that I'm too old now to really get into insurgency Again, uh, I'm too slow and too old, and the game is too complicated. But it is a, you know, it's designed to be realistic, um, both in terms of the way you handle your guns, everything. Insurgency, <laughs> phenomenal game. Uh, number seven, Shadow of Mordor, which was when it was released, and then the following year ported by Feral Interactive into a native Linux port. Shadow of Mordor is a remarkable game, not just for um, being on Linux or anything like that, but it was a landmark game uh, when it came out not that long ago, I think it was like five or six years ago, um, for re-envisioning what could be done with the structure of free and uh, free and open world. You know, go anywhere, do anything. How do you add a structure and a story to that? while also, you know, retaining uh, the the illusion of free will and stuff, Shadow of Mordor introduced the brilliant con- the brilliant uh, uh, concept of working your way up through a series of foot soldiers, lieutenants, and generals, all programmatically gener- generated into an invisible hierarchy that, as you, you know, get better and better and, you know, get higher and higher up, you can start to see how the connections branch out to each other and each general and foot soldier and etc had unique challenges and the combat throughout was just amazing when you pull off like 150 680 kill combo in one fucking move it takes like you know fucking 7 minutes and you're just and I hate Lord of the Rings but this game made you feel like Strider and had its own unique story that was I think even I, I, I loved Shadow of Mordor Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor fantastic game. Number 8, Wreckfest. Wreckfest is notable for being on this list because it's the only only demolition derby based game that I have played in the last 20 years that that didn't suck. Um, that's not true. Uh, well, yeah, no, that is true because I think I was 18 when uh, Vigilante V8 came out. That was, that was a great demolition derby game, but that was also car combat. Um... Wreckfest, phenomenal. One of the first uh, titles that we ever featured uh, post-Proton. Uh, it was uh, it enabled us to play uh, post-Proton. Ah, I miss those old friends, but they all betrayed me. Number nine, Risk of Rain. The first one, not the second one. Why not the second one? Because I haven't played the second one enough. Why haven't I played the second one enough? Because I don't like the second one that much. I like the first one, Risk of Rain which really uh, brought the roguelike 
and roguelite uh brought new new material, new uh, constraints and play mechanics to that genre, to that oeuvre, and really helped establish that that genre in of itself. Uh, the original is not a three-dimensional multiplayer frag fiesta. The original is a time-sensitive, lightning-quick, side-scrolling, tiny... It's, it's a small scale, so like you're only like six pixels tall. You know, the equivalent thereof. Um, in procedurally generated worlds and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of rogue likes and roguelites on this list because I happen to like them a lot. So that's Risk of Rain. Number 10 is not, uh, is not a roguelike at all. It is a side-scrolling multiplayer brilliant revelation. Bro force, bro, yeah, motherfucker. Take on the role of, uh, one of, I think there's like 60 different, at least 60 different uh, action heroes, famous action heroes, uh, male, well, generally male, but even there are some female ones because the grindhouse chick is in there. Um, and uh, take on the world and stop the terrorist demons from uh, destroying your pixel trash, entirely destructible uh, universe with up to four of your friends playing remotely. Bro, yeah, motherfucker, fall in love. Get engaged with the bromance. One of the best games available for Linux. Right there, bro force. Next, War Thunder. We needed a fucking real hardcore, um, plane on plane, plane on ground, uh, combat simulator that was authentic. And War Thunder, when you have like a good yoke and you jump into a Spitfire, um, it is, the most realistic uh, air combat that you're going to find with fairly realistic um, control surfaces and everything. They're hit or miss to a degree, but visually it's phenomenal and the play mechanics of it are great. I happen to suck at War Thunder. I bought my Spitfire, I think I have the I think I have the Supermarine Sp- Spitfire Mark IV, I believe, which isn't my favorite Spitfire. My favorite's Mark II. But anyway, oh, and you can also play as a tank if you want. But I've never played as a tank because who the fuck cares? Just do the uh, t- t- tutorial mission on Dover. If you have a, a throttle, and especially if you have a throttle and a and a set of pedals like I do. Um, you have to play War Thunder. And you don't have to get good at it or pay for it, really, at first. Um, but you'll fall in love with it to such an extent within the first, you know, hour and a half that you will pony up real money and play, play it online to buy, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, to buy the, um, airplanes that you want, even though you won't be able to really upgrade them yet. Uh, and neither have I because I suck at this game. I am terrible at War Thunder because it's, online only predominantly next number 12 dead cells talk about procedurally generated roguelike blah well smash that into castlevania symphony of the night and make it a speedrunner and make it insanely hard with almost endless combinations of you can have two primary weapons and two skills all at the same time and then you have a, an accessory which is like an amulet, replaces your slave collar, and uh, I can't remember what I'm forgetting, but 
all of them can interact with each other and do the most insane combinations of superpower, super high-powered, awesome, cataclysmic fantasticness, or can doom your run permanently in perpetuity. Uh, I've beaten game more times than I've probably spent more time in Dead Cells, even though it's not reflected on my Steam uh, playtime for it than any other game on this list, with the exception of three. Uh, okay, number 13, Endless Sky. I had to have at least one free and open source software game that is available on Steam on this fucking list. This is one of like three that I think are that made the list. Endless Sky is a top down um, space freighter, space combat. Uh, role-playing game, open world, open universe uh, type of game that's like privateer in two dimensions with fleet management, logistics, uh, combat, piracy, uh, and a privateer uh, two-worthy storyline. Fantastic game, completely free-to-play, runs great, uh, and I probably spent 300 hours in it. Uh, uh, next, The Messenger, the game that we were going to review this week. Um, the review's been in the the review's been done since I beat the game like 12 days ago. I think it's been something like 12 days ago. The Messenger is a fantastic 8-bit style uh, side-scrolling ninja platformer, a la Ninja Gaiden. Um but with many unique features and a terrible introduction. Do not let the introduction fool you. This game is deep, it is long, it is really good. I am going to beat it for the third time later on tonight. And the New Game Plus mode is really hard. It's really hard. If you thought it was hard the first time when you beat the game, it is so fucking crazy hard. New Game Plus, fantastic. gives you more to love. Uh, with a phenomenal story, hilarious characters, uh, lovable, likable, hilarious characters, and a badass motherfucking ninja called the Messenger. And the great western hero. Speaking of ninjas, N++. Now, I haven't checked the price on N++, and that's literally the letter N, as in November, with the mathematical symbol plus M plus next to it. You can play M plus plus for free still on the interweb somewhere in your browser using, uh, if you search for it, you can find, um, it's still running there because it's, it has its origins as a flash game. M plus plus is a mind bendingly difficult, phenomenal. Used to be endless, but now it comes with like a level editor and stuff and it has like a more, um, it's been repackaged into like this more, you know, I don't know, consumer friendly kind of way. The original was better, but having M in your Steam library, phenomenal. It's an endless, it's a, you know, endless patio of fun, endless buffet. Now, another one of my all time favorite games that I've ever played in my entire life, the reboot of Tomb Raider from 2013. And why do I say. Tomb Raider, because we read the tomes to raid the tombs. We do not read the tombs to raid the tomes. We do not go to the library to read the underground burial sites so that we might be able to raid the books 
in the underground burial sites. No, quite the other way around. You're a croft, baby. The one of the greatest reboots of any series ever. Tomb Raider 2013 is a phenomenal adventure game with an amazing female protagonist and a fantastic story in an incredibly action-packed, murder-filled adventure. You will find out what you can do when you test your limits. Now, number 18. Man, we're, we got 100, we got 81 more games to go, so we gotta start trucking through these. Um, speaking of games that are free and open source software that are not inside of Steam, although they have ported um, they they forked their themselves into a a Steam a freely available Steam game, but you can still get this from your uh, normal repositories on almost any major distribution. Armagetron AD, that is A R M A G E T R O N A D. Armagetron AD, and there's I, I'm not sure if they've come out with a sequel to it yet, but. Uh, I've been playing this game for like 15 fucking years on Linux. It is full multiplayer uh, online, free to play, free forever, free everything. Um, complete FOSS, written for Linux, three-dimensional depiction of light cycles with as many people as you want in as many different fucked up game modes as you can imagine. Um you can still get a game very easily. There's still I I've checked uh, for the last uh, last week. Every night I have not been unable. I have yet to be unable to find a game without at least one player in the server. Um, it's phenomenal. It introduces some new mechanics, minor tweaks to the light cycles in Tron. Biggest tweak being that it's in 3D, and so it, it's great. It's 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 great. It, it it introduces really precise um, maneuvering, possible maneuvering, and you can switch from first person perspective where you're in the light cycle to the exterior to the default exterior third person perspective very easily. So you can glance left and right and get a sense of what's going on in the entire map if you're in the third person perspective. If you really want to fuck someone up though and you want to get really close and ride their line and get right next to it to lock them out I go into the first person mode slam on the brakes hit that, hit the fucking D button hit the D key on the keyboard, you know, right turn and right left phenomenal and bam, derezzed uh, last time I played, I said, greetings programs to the people who are on there, and I said, we're users, and I said, that's what you think now. I want you in the I want you in the game until you die playing. <laughs> Alright, number 19, Mortal Kombat 10. Mortal Kombat 10 has full online player, uh, online support, um, at least the last time I ran it. Uh, unlike Mortal Kombat 11, Mortal Kombat 11 is a better game marginally, I'd say, uh, but I haven't had enough time to really play a lot of Mortal Kombat 11, but I did play a lot of Mortal Kombat 10. It is phenomenal. Everything that... It's the probably the best Mortal Kombat since Mortal Kombat 2 or 3, in my humble opinion. Number 20. Side-scrolling action again in a different form. This time in My Friend Pedro. Uh, you have a Kimbo uh, anything, more or less. 
in a speedrunning murder fiesta of far-flung science fiction uh, role-playing game stuff. The trick here is you can control both of your arms independently in a side-scrolling two-dimensional platformer where, for instance, a common move... Oh, and you can control time, of course. Common move is to leap through plate glass windows, catching a rope with your feet, wrapping the rope instantly around your ankles while you flip yourself upside down to shoot guys on either side of the rope. You got guys on your left and guys on your right, and you're aiming independently at them as you slide down the rope. My friend Pedro, phenomenal game. One of my favorites. Number 21, an old game from back in the day. One of the most innovative games that I've ever played, The Magic Circle. Go look it up. The Magic Circle which features the voice of Dr. Venture throughout most of it. A brilliant game. You want to talk about meta, meta, meta. Now, let's say you want to sink in about a thousand hours, which is what I have in this game. Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. The best Metal Gear Solid game ever made. Period. Uh, I don't even have 100% completion on this game. I have 88% completion, but I do have a lot of other stuff that it makes up for completion. This don't re- if you've not played it, don't read anything about it. Don't listen to your friends. Don't watch any videos. Go buy it right now. I think it's like fifteen bucks, maybe twenty bucks. I, I you know there's no prices on this list. Number twenty three. I know. I knew we needed a, a skate game on this list, so we have session s e s s i o n the hardest skate game ever made and most realistic. Check it out. Go to it. Number 24, the Hitman reboot. See, this is why, like, we, I didn't want to include games that were, you know, I tried to exclude classic games and other games, you know, because otherwise I'd have to do, like, a Hitman versus the Hitman 2 Silent Assassin versus Hitman Contracts thing, and I didn't want to have to deal with that. So, the Hitman reboot, there we go, number 24. Number 25, the game that I probably spent the most time officially playing on Steam, Seven Days to Die. Uh, I played I played it for three months on a uh, PvP server. I played it for 400 hours in single player, and I played it for another... I think I have 1,400 hours, so whatever the change was, uh, I played it on a PvE server... Uh, that was phenomenal. It is one of the best games that I've ever played in my entire life, and I still have friends from that game. Number 26, Hyperspace Dogfights, two-dimensional side-scrolling, uh, pre- uh, procedurally generated uh, uh, 1987-style updated pixel trash, skill-based, high-velocity um air-to-air combat, air-to-air and air-to-ground combat in 2D. Phenomenal game. Number 27, a game that I had reservations about including on this list, Pinball Arcade. Why did I have resolutions? Because it has spotty Linux support even with wine, but even worse, you can no longer buy the Williams tables that I have the licenses for, so that really hollows out the Pinball Arcade, but the Pinball Arcade is still the all-time greatest uh, simulation of pinball ever made in terms of realistic, actual machines. And you're talking to an expert on this score. And I, when I say expert, I don't mean like you or your friends. I mean I am expert at that. We have no time to go into it, but 
that's the bottom line. Number 28, ah, the boys of summer. I see the boys of summer in their ruin. 28, Super Mega Baseball 2. I knew we needed a sports game on this list. And Super Mega Baseball is like the best baseball game that I've played in a long time. And it's one of the only sports games that I've played consistently on Steam. Uh, the sequel I haven't played as much as I did the original because there's it's just depressing. It's hard during the COVID times. And I don't like... Anyway. But Super Mega Baseball 2, arcade baseball at its finest. Uh, focus... Uh, and, and, and the sequel adds a lot more <coughs> just enough in terms of tweaks and mechanics uh, and um, newer, flashier animations and a couple more uh, ballparks and stuff. Uh, and a lot more customization that you can do because the real fun is creating your own teams in Super Mega Baseball 2 and then playing them out or having the the, the um, simulator run them. Uh, okay, and the multiplayer is great too. I, I knew that if it was a sports game we needed multiplayer and multiplayer works great in Super Mega Baseball 2. Number 29, side-scrolling platformer again. This one from this year, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. One of the most beautiful games I've played that is in 2D. Um, the amount of hand-drawn backgrounds in this game are just ridiculous. It's it's a beautiful game, uh, and it is... You have to... Yeah. If you like side-scrolling platformers, you must play Ori and the Will, Will of the Wisps. Uh, I prefer it vastly to... Uh, th- th- that would make it Ori 2, because or- the first Ori was uh, Ori in the Blind Forest or whatever. Um, the sequel is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. You don't need to play the first one to play the second one. They are non-contiguous stories. Now, this next game... I'm cheating on this next game. Number 30, Wolfenstein, The New Colossus. That makes this game the sequel to the reboot, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Both games are phenomenal, but Wolfenstein, The New Colossus, you have to, you cannot play The New Colossus unless you've beaten Wolfenstein, The New Order. That's just the bottom line. Do not look up anything. Just take my word for it. Buy both games. Play them. Do not read anything about either game. Wolfenstein the New Colossus is possibly the most um, moving uh, story-wise one of the most moving story-wise games I've ever played and it is damn near fucking flawless and that's you're not going to hear me say that about too many too many games ever. Number 31 another side-scrolling platformer. This one, one of the first games that we ever got via Steam for Linux. Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy is unique in that, yes, it is a roguelike, you know, blah, side-scrolling platformer, medieval, you know, flavor, blah, but each time you die, you don't get to really decide what your powers are. You get to evolve the next generation of the bloodline of heroes that you're doing, and they 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 get interesting genetic problems or benefits, like sometimes you're, you know, twice as tall, sometimes you're dyslexic, so if you press right, you move left (laughs) and they get really funny sometimes you have constant flatulence sometimes it's black and white you can't see in color, anyway Rogue Legacy, phenomenal game number 32, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, I wanted a hardcore adventure game on here, and Day Day of the Tentacle Remastered is about as good as you can get uh, Tim Schafer, Double Fine um, it's, it is just the remastering of the old Day of the Tentacle, but they added 
so much shit to this fucking game. It, it's phenomenal. Uh, if you like old school point and clickers, Day of the Tentacle Remastered is for you. Now, I knew that we needed some squad-based tactical shit, so XCOM 2. Now, if you've not played XCOM 1, the reboot of the XCOM franchise, you should play that before you play XCOM 2. But if you've not played XCOM 2 or XCOM 1, you need to play XCOM 2. It is the ultimate expression, I think, of the franchise, either rebooted or not. Although, actually, I think the ultimate expression of the franchise was XCOM Terror from the Deep, because that was my favorite XCOM. But XCOM 2, right up there. Now, we need a, I knew we needed a side-scrolling shooter. Shooter. Number 34, Jets and Guns Gold. Do not get Jets and Guns Gold. Uh, Jets and Guns 2. Get Jets and Guns Gold. It's an older program. It's an older code. I was just about to clear them. It's an older game. It's very cheap, I think. Should be at least. Phenomenal game. I go back and I beat this game about every other year. Um, setting up the controller is a little difficult, but it is one of the best side scrolling, quote unquote, space shooters ever made. And it's insane. Number 35, Bayonetta. That's it. Fucking, if you've never played Bayonetta, go fucking buy Bayonetta and fucking play Bayonetta. You will not regret it. Number 36, a game that I've been playing a lot these last like three months, four months. Cards, the World War II uh, deck building game. Card collection deck building game. Free to play um, and you don't really need to pay anything to get really good at this game and to build your decks. Uh, I did, I probably spent about 80 bucks um, because I didn't realize how the game was structured. It is one of the most fun card games I've ever played in my life. It's played almost exclusively online. They have launched a you can get a DLC for this game now that just came out a couple uh, weeks ago that I, I keep meaning to feature on the show that adds a full-fledged single-player campaign to the game, but uh, you don't need to do that or buy it. It's 30 bucks for that, but uh, I bought it. Anyway, number 37, Borderlands 2, not 3. Not 3. Why not 3? Because 3 has a game-breaking bug that unless you, you know, do the MF install, MF install cab, and some other shit, and maybe get a friend to help you out, uh, it breaks the game. Um, and so I spent the first 6 out of my, you know, 14 hours that I've logged in Borderlands 3 uh, playing the same first 45 minutes of the game over and over and over and over. And I played it like six and a half hours. Um, and so I have bad, bad blood between me and Borderlands 3. Uh, Borderlands 2, though, still just as good as it always was. And Borderlands 3 is non contiguous to Borderlands 2. Just get Borderlands 2. Number 38, one of my favorite games of all time Saints Row 4. Nuff said. Number 39, uh, Everspace. We got to go fast here because we're running out of time. Everspace. Everspace. Like, Descent Free Space, but in a roguelike in 3D with a cockpit view. Amazingly good game. With a really interesting story. 40. Dirt Rally. Not Dirt Rally 2. Dirt Rally 2 had an interesting uh, problem. Both games are the most... Dirt Dirt Rally is the most... real. Dirt Rally and Dirt Rally 2 are the most realistic um, rally racing games ever made. The physics are flawless. The cars are so realistic, it's ridiculous. The sense of gravity and realism in the cockpit, in the driver's seat, with a co-pilot, calling out your turns is amazing. But, 
uh, Dirt Rally 2 introduced a really fucked up thing. They had no HUD in Dirt Rally 2, and since some many of the cars, especially the cars you have to start off with, are don't have um, really... F- uh, some of them are European and so they're all only in kilometers some of them have weird inscrutable dials from the 1940s and shit that you can't really read and in rally you need to be able to read what the fuck gear you're in or how fast you're going or what the RPMs are and they refuse to add a HUD to Dirt Rally 2 so no Dirt Rally 2, Dirt Rally only first virtual reality game number 41, Space Pirate Trainer not Pavlov VR, because Pavlov VR no longer runs on Linux because they have EAC up its ass, and they have not given a fuck. Seven months now, eight months now, nine months now, they have not given a fuck. Number 42, Sky Rogue. Um, imagine Star Fox if it were in better 3D uh, presenting you with multiple uh, semi-realistic uh, air-to-air uh, jet combat um, strategic air command type situations against uh, blah in a roguelike format where you can unlock weapons and etc. Sky Rogue, phenomenal game. Uh, number 43 is a complete cop-out because I've never really played too much of any of these that I can remember. I remember playing five hours of one of them. But Destiny and Destiny 2, because we needed a full-fledged role-playing game somewhere on this list. Number 44, another cop-out. It's two games in one. Chivalry Medieval Warfare, which is really old and is not that great anymore. Slash Mordow. But the reason why this is not just Mordow is that I can't recommend Mordow to anyone because it's filled with such racist scumbags. It's the other reason why Tannenberg isn't on this list. Number 45, a game that I haven't checked to see if it still works again yet or not. But for, you know, four months, five months, it ran great on Linux. Grand Theft Auto 5 online. Online. Number 46, Team Fortress 2. One of the classics um, from the Valve and Steam, you know, Embrace Linux collaboration um, from before that. But, like, you know, it was amazing when you could first play Team Fortress 2. There's some other games like that on this list. Could not omit it. Number 47, City Skylines. Like SimCity, but way better. I think it's vastly superior than the orig- any of the original SimCities. Uh, number 48, Road Redemption, which is uh, road, uh, uh, a spiritual, unofficial sequel to Road Rash. Uh, so, motorcycle combat and racing all in one in a uh, point-to-point race with um, various different challenges, like sometimes it's an elimination mode, so you have to win and kill everybody. Lots of weapons, lots of upgrades. Fantastic game. 49. Party building, deck building game. Darkest Dungeon. Hardcore RPG. Death waits. Number 50. Batman Arkham City. Number 51. Dying Light. Parkour and Zombies. Number 52. Void Bastards. Roguelike in cel-shaded 3D procedurally generated uh, phenomenal funny story 53, Mark of the Ninja one of the greatest ninja games ever made if not the single greatest ninja game ever made, then in the top fucking 3 or 5 54, Beat Hazard, which has a history longer than I can go into 55, Ark Survival Evolved, 56 is an emulator, PCSX2 which allows you to play PlayStation 2 games 
blah, 57. One of the only games on this list that is not out of early access yet, Nova Drift, which I have logged hundred like 300 hours in. 58, a piece of game-making software, but also functions as a library tool for free games that other people have made. If you like text-based adventure games, you need the Inform 7 compiler, and you can write your own. 59, another VR game, Boneworks. 60, Doom, the reboot. The first reboot. Why Doom and not Doom Eternal? Because I have not been able to get Doom Eternal to run on my machine. I've tried three times. I'm not going to buy it again only to return it, but I have gotten it to run via Stadia. So, blah. Doom, though, the original reboot, I think 2016, uh, unbelievable in Vulcan. It will blow your mind. Uh, good story in Doom, but even Doom Eternal is a better game. So if it comes down to one or the other, and I've heard that other people now have no problems getting Doom Eternal to run on their Linux boxes, but there you go. Number 61, another piece of game software, this time an emulator, MAME, multi-arcade machine emulator. 62, Soul Calibur 6, one of the best fighting games ever made. 63, Arcade Air Combat, Aces 7. Unbelievable. Grace Marriott, 64, side-scrolling. You want a Sonic the Hedgehog side-scroller? One of the best side-scrolling platformers that you're ever going to play in the Sonic the Hedgehog oeuvre? Freedom Planet. 65, paying homage to our roots. NetHack has to be on this list somewhere. 66, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the sequel to the 2013 reboot. Why is it? Why are both games on here? Because the 2013 game has a better story. The uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider has the endurance mode which is phenomenal um 67 not just because friend of the show bloody xde is rabid devotee of this game but because it's awesome vulgar the viking 68 say it with me I say super you say hot super there you go again super again super 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 hot tree dude tree, dude, dude number 69, Wasteland 2 only took them 25 years of making us wait for a sequel Wasteland 2, one of the finest uh, Fallout 2 style um, uh, role playing tactical shooters, turn based tactical shooters available on Linux blah, 70, Max Payne 2 not Max Payne 3 cause Max Payne 3, it's not that great a game Max Payne 2, much better game not as pretty as Max Payne 3, but much better game. Number 71, let's talk about pretty, let's talk about horror. Alien Isolation, one of the best games that's on this list. Number 72, No Man's Sky. 73, Titanfall 2, a game that only recently I've begun playing, um, but I've fallen in love with the multiplayer, and so it makes the list. Uh, It's part of the EA uh, Thin Client uh, Unholy Alliance, well, it's Holy Alliance, between uh, Steam, Valve, and uh, Epic, or, uh, uh, Electronic Arts, EA, and Origin. Titanfall 2. 74. Goner. Obscure, uh, procedurally generated, uh, side scrolling platformer, uh, f- I think from Norway. Phenomenal game. It will take you many hours to beat. 75. The Witcher 3. 76. Sir. Trombones led the big parade. 76. Serious Sam VR, the first encounter. Probably my favorite Serious Sam game to play in VR. And one of the only uh, games in VR 
that lets you use akimbo guns that you can shoot over your shoulder, aim behind your back, and get away with it. 77, Shadow Warrior 2, who wants more Wang. 78, another game from the EA Thin Client, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 79, Gemini Rue, one of the first adventure games I played on Steam on Linux. Fantastic game. 80, Payday 2. Let's make 10 grand thousand. I, I want to see 10 grand thousand dollars. 10 grand thousand dollars. 81, Mr. Shifty, top down by location antics as you punch people through windows and take their coffee cups and beat them to death with their pillows. 82, a classic super win the game. 83, help Elsa Nova, Axiom Verge. 84, FTL faster than light. 85, this was a triumph. Portal. Portal 1, not Portal 2, because I hated Portal 2. Uh, 86, Tekken 7. The sec, you know, right there with Soul Calibur 6. I think Tekken 7 actually might be a better, I don't know, I go back and forth in terms of the best fighting game. 87, side-scrolling platformer, literally, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. 88, you know, we could not have a list without this game on it. CSGO which I don't play anymore, do not invite me to play anymore, do not ask me if I play anymore, I do not play CSGO anymore, don't fucking ask me, I don't play it anymore. 89, Guns of Icarus, one of the most amazing games that, you know, not 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 one of my all-time favorite games, but when you first got a crew together of your friends and you're playing online and you guys are in these giant dirigible pirate ships and you're trying to fucking oh, it was great. Number 90, one of the, possibly it might be my new pick for the greatest game of all time. My old my old pick, which is in my, the appendices of my book is Fallout 2. But that, uh, it's game, that book is getting very old. Um, this game is phenomenal. It still plays great. Uh, and it's an endless, inexhaustible thing, which is why uh, Microsoft paid $2 billion for it. Minecraft! 91! Gotta pay homage! Homage! Tux Racer! 92, Bunny Lord demands that you be not a hero. 93, X-Plane. I don't know, 10, 11, whichever you, whichever you choose. 94, Neon Chrome. 95, Cuphead. 96, Duskers. 97, Rive. 98, Skulls of the Shogun. Cause I knew we needed more strategy games on here. 99, Bomber Crew, one of the most unique games I've ever played. Do not let the simple graphics fool you. It is it's a fucked up game. It's a magnificent game. 100, Compound. That is a virtual reality game. Pixel Trash. Pixel Trash virtual reality game that is amazingly fun and procedurally generated. (coughs) Compounds. Mmm. That game is really good. And then finally, 101, The Forest. As I said, the actual number in which each of these titles appear on this list in no way influences which, or infers which game is better or worse than the other. So, there we go. We just did the whole list. This list probably will not be published anywhere other than in this episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Catch you next week. A good idea. 
four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.